Welcome to Transformation Alley, a 24G company podcast where we discuss the trends and challenges of companies undergoing digital transformation. I'm Brie Boyer, 24G social media coordinator and member of our DEI task force here at 24G. Today, I'm joined with three incredible guests. First up, we have Chris Pierce, 24G Fuel Senior Instructional Designer and Learning Services Manager. Hi. Happy to have you here, Chris. Next, we have Dave Ross, 24G Drive Lead Project Manager and this year's DEI Task Force Coordinator. Happy to be here. Next, we have Selena Russo, 24G Fuel Customer Success Coordinator, who works closely with our clients on their DEI learning initiatives. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Today, in honor of Global Diversity Awareness Month, coupled with National Learning and Development Month, we're talking about the transformation of diversity, equity, and inclusion. DEI programs in the business field. First of all, let's go ahead and talk a bit about Global Diversity Awareness Month in general. From a social media perspective, I know that national days can be quite a bit oversaturated at this point in time, but they often serve as incredible conversation starters. For sure. So I would love to hear any of your thoughts on Global Diversity Awareness Month. I like Awareness Months in moderation. I think I think the word saturation that you used is is really good, and I think that sometimes people are just like, yeah, not another month, you know. But I like the idea of having a diversity, equity, and inclusion awareness month. It really is timely and something that I think we need. I think it's so important to recognize that while we can have these sort of celebration or awareness months, that they can also be a little narrowing in some places. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Global Diversity Awareness Month really pulls all of those things together while also drawing attention to the initiatives themselves. Mm -hmm. I agree with what Chris said. I think it's an incredibly timely topic to be talking about. And I think it's important to recognize that Times are changing and we do have many diverse cultures in a workplace and and those should be celebrated. I couldn't agree with you more, Selena. With an eye for these large changes taking place in the diversity and inclusion field, I would like to take a first look before we dive into more of our learning and development side of things. What are the overall transformations that we've seen in the last five, 10 years to diversity and inclusion programs? One of the things that I see that I'm super excited about is not only are we celebrating cultural differences, but we're celebrating differences in physical abilities. We're celebrating neurodiversity, parental rights to me, and the challenges of working parents, not just working moms, but working dads. I love the trend toward that. So there are a lot of different things that we're celebrating now that maybe, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, it was just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And we see some of that in even in workplace policies, you know, five years ago, there would not have been adoption leave for Mm same-sex couples to start a family, you know, and that's not necessarily a diversity initiative, but I think it's recognizing the changing landscape of what defines a family and different people's lifestyles. It's a human initiative. Yes, Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, exactly. And like coming from the social media sphere, LinkedIn just recently adopted the ability to include gaps in your resume, which is a crazy move forward. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't agree more. I think we all here know the importance of DE&I in the workplace, but I would love to hear why you all think that 
it is needed in this world today. I came to DE&I here at 24G because of the realization that I didn't know what I didn't know. So, you know, as a gay man, I'm a member of a minority and a group that is sometimes discriminated against, but I also recognize my privilege as a white gay male. So there was the survey that was conducted a couple of years ago. When I saw the results of it, kind of opened my eyes to some gaps that I didn't even know existed. So mm-hmm. that's what brought me to 24G's DE&I was there's stuff out there that I don't know and there's an opportunity for me to expand my knowledge while also helping these initiatives move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think intersectionality is a really important thing to be aware of. Everyone has some level of privilege and some level of being a minority or being in the out group. And so it's really important to keep that in mind that while you might have areas where you think, man, I just feel like, you know, they're not recognizing this aspect of myself or, you know, I feel I'm feeling a little discriminated against or a little unseen. You also, if you take a look, probably have some areas of privilege. And Mm -hmm. and that's true for all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Feeding off of what Chris and Dave have said is that there are people in the workplace that do have advantages. And, you know, those advantages in turn are disadvantages for others. And, you know, I think it's really important for people to enter their workplace and try to change their mindset or stereotypes that they have known their whole life and keep these in mind in order to change any unconscious bias we may have. So I think having a program like this in the workplace really helps set those reminders for people and and sets a new standard for everybody. I agree. Speaking of... DEI in the workplace, we are incredibly fortunate to have an entire business unit devoted to learning, marketing, and communication services, our 24G Fuel team. Chris, would you like to share a little bit about 24G Fuel? 24G Fuel is a marketing and communications line of business, but we have a learning point of view on everything we do. So how can your marketing impact behavior change and improve performance? How can your communications within your business impact behavior change and improve performance? And how can learning support that change? So that's what Fuel specializes in. So what could a client expect in working with 24G Fuel? Well, they can expect to be asked a lot of questions. (laughs) (laughs) Why Um, specifically? (laughs) (laughs) Many companies will reach out to us and they say, we need training on a thing. But when we ask some questions, maybe training is actually not what they need. Maybe they just need a more fine-tuned or innovative communications process. Or maybe they just need a better platform to house their training on so that more people are being able to consume it. And so the first thing we start with is a real deep dive in the needs assessment. And then we'll collaborate with them to see how we can help them meet their business needs. So speaking of learning and development strategies, what exactly is 24G Fuel's role in DEI programs? <laughs> Selena and I have been working closely with one of our larger clients, and it's a lot of, again, it's a lot of collaboration. It's a lot of conversation and really looking at what is the end, not only business goal, but what's going to be that life-changing or light bulb moment for those clients and what do they want to accomplish? And then how can we craft a message or create a learning product that speaks to as many people as possible without alienating the people who we really want to 
consume the content, especially around D and I. Yeah, Chris really hit the nail on the head there. And timing is everything. I mean, we have to be incredibly sensitive to timing. So a lot of the topics we generate with this larger client, we really try to be sensitive to what's going on in the world and frame what we want to communicate based on that. So in mentioning clients, Selena, what exactly does DE&I look like at some of these major corporations that we work with? So I am fairly new to the industry, so I'm still discovering this myself. I do believe there is a shift and how larger corporations are confronting their DE&I efforts. Earlier, I mentioned unconscious bias. I believe that leaders in these companies have to really approach the workplace with an unconscious bias. And, you know, I spoke on there are people that have advantages, and those advantages may be disadvantages to others, you know, and that can be gender it could be ethnicity. It could even be workplace favoritism. So I see with the larger client we work with, they keep all of these elements in mind in order to shape content that is inclusive to everybody. If I can add too, you know, in the involvement that I've had with that same client, they've maintained a level of openness to education and feedback, even the way they talk about DE&I sometimes, you know. I remember an example of some content that's being developed around not being a bystander. If you see somebody being treated poorly based on any number of factors, a piece of feedback we got was, well, I've never experienced that, and so it's not a real thing. And, you know, we were able to communicate back to them that, you know, just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean others are not experiencing it. And I know that that was a bit of an eye-opening light bulb moment for that individual. They had never actually been confronted from that perspective before. And I don't mean to say that we don't make mistakes ourselves, but sometimes when you can hold a mirror up or have somebody say, you know, hey, hold on just a sec, you know, you can have the best of intentions and still make mistakes. Yes. Speaking of providing insight or those additional like learning tidbits to help others move forward in their training programs, what DEI learning strategies have our 24G Fuel team found success with in implementing? We've had a lot of success with meeting people where they are. Everybody is not all on equal ground in their journey. They're not all starting from the same place. If you're passionate about this topic, it's easy to really let that passion run away with you and alienate the people who might most benefit from the content. And that was something that our client was really great about was saying, you know, hey, I see where you're coming from. However, if we do it like this, we'll probably be preaching to the choir. So I think meeting people where they're at and being willing to strive for progress and not perfection has been a really successful tactic in our in our training initiatives. Yeah, that totally encompasses the inclusion mindset. Absolutely. Here is a question that, especially in social media, I might see quite a bit. What are the red flags when it comes to DE&I or other common pitfalls of those programs? 24G's DE&I initiatives, you know, we're wrapping up our first year with the task force and we've created some challenges for ourselves as we have tried to 
increase our level of, of DEI initiatives within the company. And I think one of the red flags that we encountered most recently was it's important who and where a message comes from. You know, there was a political event that affected a number of people in our company, and the DEI group issued what we assumed was a supportive statement, supportive of those individuals without picking a side in this politicized issue. And then Another individual with the best of intentions expanded upon that, but because that individual sat on our DEI group and was also part of the company's leadership, it changed the weight and the intent of the message. And we got feedback from more than one source about how that message landed. So, you know, like I said earlier, you know, you can have the best of intentions and still make mistakes. So, you know, red flag for me in that situation was not a red flag, maybe a a yellow flag, something to learn <laughs> from, was we learned how to react to that feedback in a way that was itself inclusive of those individuals' viewpoints. So I think I've not answered the question about red flags, but just they come up when you hit them. You can't necessarily see them. Well, I will say another pratfall we experienced was trying to determine the community makeup of our companies and what cultures should we be celebrating and what identities make up the people of 24G. And we accidentally went to too far where it turned into a list of communities and cultures and identities that then we were suddenly deciding who was worthy of a recognition message within the company and who wasn't. And we had a real record scratch moment of, hold on a sec, we're off the rails here. We need to turn our attention back to moving the needle on our initiatives, not just being a hey, it's Black Lives Matter month, you know, not restricting and focusing all of our energies on those things, but also trying to figure out how we actually educate and improve DEI at 24G. Another red flag is assuming that diversity is enough. Like if we hire a diverse pool of people and we have these numbers, we're diverse. And you may be. But you can't stop there. If you see a company that has a ton of diversity initiatives and their job ads are non-gendered and they've done all the work in recruiting in diverse pools, that's awesome. But if you get those great candidates and that diverse employee pool in the door and then you're not an inclusive workplace, then, you know. You, you still have really probably worse problems because now you're just making those people feel excluded. So I think diversity without inclusion is a red flag. And even further to that, diversity is not strictly how a person looks or acts. It's also their attitudes, their mm -hmm. thinking. You know, you can't hire based on a performance metric. Correct. Related to diversity. This is an ongoing practice that's forever going to change. It could be next week, it could be a month, it could be years from now, but this is something that companies, including our own, we're going to have to continuously progress and be better and make everyone feel included. But also recognizing that there are going to always be people who feel left out and who are left out. There is no such thing as a diversity, equity, or inclusivity initiative that includes every single person. You know, you will work yourself to the bone trying to figure out how to have a thing that satisfies every need. So it's having a multi-pronged approach, I think. For sure. In implementing a DEI task force, what is the expected outcome that one could look for? Well, as far as business outcomes, we can start there, high level, right, on an overall business goal. 
improved metrics and diversity and inclusion can lead to more innovation. You've got more varied points of view, so you're more creative. People are feeling more satisfied, so they're performing better because they don't have to worry about masking themselves. They can just bring their whole selves to work, be that person, and not be nervous about that so they can just focus on work. You can, as a business, if you more closely reflect who your clients are, you can reach more clients. We had a very big client a few years ago and I was really excited to give her a tour of the bowling alley. So I'm taking her all around and I'm just so proud, right? You know, like here's this cool place that we work and it was very cool and there were dogs and there were people bowling and you know, there's a golf simulator and there's all kinds of things happening. And I'm like, so what do you think? She says, I don't really think you're ready for what I think. I'm like, no, tell me. And uh, she says, well, one, your toilet paper is not very good for, for a company <laughs> like this. Like, you need better toilet tissue. And she said, and two, I don't see anybody here that looks like me. It was an eye-opening moment. We've made a lot of progress there, but if you can be as diverse as your clientele, you'll reach more clients. That's a great point. I mean, I think outcomes for employees, for me, you know, I come back to the mission statement that the task force put together earlier this year, and I don't have it memorized. So, you know, you can talk to me about that later. But our mission statement for DE&I talks about bringing your full authentic self. And I see the company making that possible. There are so many different expressions of individuality, of self, of sexuality, of faith. I would be very surprised to learn that there were people here that did feel like they had to mask their identity. I know this is one of the few companies I've worked at where I feel like I can be my full authentic self without worrying about criticism. So I think that would be an outcome that you would want to expect from a DE&I initiative in your workplace. Yeah, for sure. I would agree with that. And to speak additionally to our culture of inclusivity, in the example you shared earlier, I think it's incredible that we have folks that are willing to speak up when they feel like they have feedback to provide or might not be wholly comfortable with a way that we're handling a communication internally. The ability that others are willing to provide that feedback speaks to the culture of inclusivity that we've created here. And all of that feedback we got, nobody brought torches and pitchforks. It was very balanced, very balanced responses. And so, yeah, we have been successful in creating a space and a culture where that can happen. So speaking of our own internal DEI program, what exactly does our program look like at 24G? Right now, it's still in very early. I know it's been almost a year, but it's a big initiative and it's been a long road to get here. You know, there were some instances in the past that initiated the need for a company-wide survey around diversity, equity, and inclusion. From that, the need for further work was identified and this task force was brought together entirely by people raising their hands. These are volunteers that are doing this off the sides of their desk and making time for this. Where we stand right now is we're still in a development phase. You know, as I mentioned, we came off the rails a little bit with our community recognition, but we're refocusing our energy we're really looking forward to launching our internal LXP learning experience platform, which is one of 24G Drive's products. And we were thinking, how do we develop the content for diversity education on this? And someone on the group, I don't remember who it was, had the brainwave that we should invite the community at 24G to develop the content that they want to see and have it put on the platform. So then we're not sending out surveys and trying to figure out, are we hitting this group? Are we hitting that culture? Are we hitting that celebration? Somebody on that group can 
say, it's Pride Month. So I'm going to do a thing about the history of the Stonewall riots, and it is going to become a learning activity that will be available to the entire company. And then it gets incentivized through the LXP platform and really drives engagement from that perspective. So we are at the cusp of that beginning, and I'm excited to get that ball rolling. Very, very much in agreement. Apart from our 24G drive LXP, what other areas of improvement are we looking for in our DEI task force at the moment? One thing that we've been really fortunate in is that our leadership team is involved and completely invested. Yes. Completely invested in the group. And so we meet monthly and we have a, a whole list of tasks that Joey and HR has done a great job in working on, you know, what the verbiage is in our job postings and where are we posting. You know, one of the dangers that startup companies have is let's say you and I started a business together and we like, okay, we need a marketing person. Oh, Selena can help us with, I got a buddy that can help me with that. And I got a buddy that can help me with this. And then we grow the company through our contacts and our immediate family or friends. And then we have a company of people that look like us and think like us. And so we've been working very hard, you know, and it, it's not a nefarious decision that we make. It's just, we need somebody quick and I know somebody quick and they're out of my circle of people. Our leadership team in our HR department has been working very hard to diversify those hiring pools. Where are we recruiting from? Where are interns coming from? And really just making the company look and feel like the world. It's the United Colors of Benetton. It is. <laughs> yeah. And it's a long road to get there, but I think it have, is. having leadership on board is, is yeah, huge. Yeah, they've been great. They, yeah. You know, they're doing a really good job. It's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting to see. Mm -hmm. We're striving for progress and not perfection, though. We make as many missteps as we have successes, yeah. but that's part of it. You yeah. just have to lean into that. I mean, I'm a project manager, and you know, when we started this initial year of our task force, I was like, we are going to have this mapped out on the road, path of success, <laughs> you know, by the by by now. And we've not been sitting around eating candies. There is still a lot of progress to make. It's a journey and it's exciting for us to be on this journey together. It has been an honor to discuss not only diversity, equity, and inclusion, but our revolutionary learning approach to these challenging but worthwhile topics. Thank you all, our talented guests, for being here. Once again, I'm seated with Chris Pierce, Dave Ross, and Selena Russo. This has been the Transformation Alley podcast, where we discuss the trends and challenges of businesses going through digital transformation. Please follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow 24G Company for all of our latest digital trends and insights. <laughs>